place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now This episode of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Check out their huge, mungus, ginormical selection of nerdy, fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have a shirt for every nerdy thing you could possibly think of. I'm serious. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order on popuptea.com. Even the clearance stuff, which is already so low in price. But go and check them out and thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Go check them out at popuptea.com. Aloha, comic book fans. Aloha, how you doing? Hey, this is Chris Latore, your host of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And let me tell you, I got something special here for you. This is an interview with the comic book creator, Zach Kaplan. Yes, he's been in comics for four years. He's done four amazing titles. We talk about everything that he's done and then some with Zach Kaplan. So without further ado, here is a special spotlighting interview with comic book creator, Zach Kaplan. Here you go. Enjoy. I am here with Zach Kaplan. How you doing, Zach? Hey, how you guys doing? Man, thank you so much for coming back on. Can you believe this is your third appearance on the Sunspots really? Comics podcast? Wow. That, well, uh, then thank you for having me three times. Right. Time flies, right? It was like 2016 when I spoke to you the very first time. That is right. And now yeah. you've had this rise to power, which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> and a quick uh, recap for for uh, you folks that don't know, um, into Zach Kaplan's awesome body of work. Uh, he's the creator and writer on these four comic book titles. You got Eclipse from Image, 16-issue run there. A sweet, sweet ending, by the way. Uh, you've, you've got Port of Earth, which is 12 issues. You finished the third volume there uh, from Image as well. And then uh, from, uh, from my sweet spot, Aftershock Comics, you kind of dipped into the YA world and did volume one of The Lost City Explorers, which is five issues, uh, which uh, Universal TV series. Any update on the Universal TV series for Lost City Explorers? It's, it's in the works, and that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> you can tell me off the air, I swear I won't tell you. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then, of course, Aftershock Comics coming up very soon, March 4th, Join the Future, issue number one. Uh, so body of work there, man, what can you, what are your thoughts there on your body of work thus far? It's been quite a ride. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm coming into my fourth year of comics and I, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've just, it's, I've learned so much, you know, I think every year I realize more and more how little I knew and how little I know. And, uh, I just try to keep, uh, I'm just trying to keep my stories fresh and, and, uh, and, uh, work on a bunch of new stuff and, um, um, you know, keep keep fans who have enjoyed my my past stuff uh, uh, coming back for more. But um, nice. So you're staying yeah. humble. It sounds like you're not um. You don't want just all green M and M's at this point yet. You just kind of want you want to keep it humble <laughs> and keep yeah, it. Actually, you know what? I, the more I get into it, the more humble I get. When when Eclipse good. came out, I felt like I had broken in and it, it, there was no more work to do. Right? And 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 every issue I write and everything I do makes me feel like there's only more work to be done both for myself as a as a writer and a creator who's trying to grow and learn uh and 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 just um yeah so i think i i I find myself getting more and more humble as as my career goes on just because i i learn more and i i read more 
of other creators and I have, uh, a, you know, a, a, a deeper perspective for the craft. So, um, well, that's good. We uh, want to chase perfection. We don't want to catch it. Right. We always, right. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, then, then you want to drop the mic and be like, yeah, I told my story and, uh, you know, I'm good. No, no the, the mic is a is a thirty year career of telling fantastic stories one after another. That's the uh, that's the ballot I'm hoping for, and I'm I'm inspired by the the greats that go all the way. So uh, you know, any any individual story is is enjoy enjoyable, and I'm excited to put it out there. But it, it, I'm always thinking about the next one. Yeah, you have to be. And, and you, you mentioned you're reading a lot of stuff. So uh, what uh, comic are you reading right now? Like, I'm usually the one giving all the recommendations, but uh, give me one. What are you reading uh, comic book-wise right now? I, just, I have. I love Die Volume 1, and I just picked up Volume 2. I'm excited to uh, check that out. Um, I really have been enjoying uh, Butcher in Paris, uh, Stephanie Phillips. Yeah, me too. I'm loving that series. Yeah, historical I, I, I have a, a soft spot for historical stuff, and that one is is really great. Um, gosh, what? Me too. Did you see that there's a tie-in to uh, like her great, great, great something at the very back uh, matter of the comic, the first issue? Check it out. I think, but I think she was telling me about that at San Diego Comic Con that she had some some um, that she got the story from um, Family History. Is it Family History or something like that? Yeah, like a great, 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 great grandfather. I think is what I kind of remember. And so she had a little bit of a tie into it, and that's how she you know dipped back into this that crazy story. So very cool. Check out the back matter of issue one. Oh, I just I read the first couple issues of the plot by uh, Mike Moretti, and I just picked up uh, volume one of that. And I'm very excited to uh, see the end of that. So um, sweet. Yeah. So there's a few uh, a few pearls. Cool. Check and check. Thank you. So check those out. Die and Butcher of Paris. I just can't believe that Butcher of Paris story. Like I never heard that before. I I love those type type of historical documents. History, history is full of that kind of stuff. And right. It, it, it's really about uh, finding a way to dramatize it and make the characters interesting, which she does a great job of. Yes. Well, uh, going into the comic book biz a bit, we we both know the comic book business is a real peculiar kind of fickle biz. And, uh, and you've definitely proven yourself with these unique, compelling stories and mixed with great art because that's, that's huge. And the sales numbers to go with it that kind of get you leaping forward into ongoing series. Like, like what do you do in your creative process that makes sure you hit those three spots, you know, from not compelling stories, compelling art and beautiful art and, and, you know, and, and the sales numbers. What do, you, what do you do in your process to make sure you kind of hit those three spots? Well, I've been writing for... A long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I went to uh, film school and I've been writing uh, a tremendous amount of screenplays and, and TV scripts, um, none of which ever got produced, but a, a ton of content that some that went into development and a lot of spec stuff and a lot of pitch stuff. And just I think the more and more you write, you find that there really has to be a synergy between all of these different pieces. You know, I think when you first get into the writing game, when you're just starting out, you learn like these structure and character and theme and all these different like things. And I think there's even some crazy weird debates about which one's the most important, which seems silly to me, but (laughs) you learn about all these things and it's really about finding synergy. You have, you know, finding a concept and a world that explores something, a question, a theme, something you want to explore, some sort of provocative and an interesting thing. And then a character at the center of that 
And their, their dilemma and their storyline is wrapped up into that same thing you want to explore. I think the more synergy you can find, um, that's, that's really important. I mean, the other thing is just to try to be original. I'm a really, um, I, I mean, I come up with ideas a lot. And then you sit with them and you try to see which idea is going to hold and which ones are just not going to cut it. And I think you do have to look at the marketplace and see what is out there and find out things that are going to stand out. You have to you have to be a little market savvy to understand what makes a good concept and what people are looking for and whether it just comes to you naturally or you really study what is out there. It's not about um, you have to write what you love. I mean, I, I think first and foremost, you cannot write stories for just to try to, to get sales, you know. But if you have idea, if you're coming up with ideas that you love, you have to kind of make sure that that you're not losing yourself down a rabbit hole of something. And so I, I spend a lot of time on concept and, and development. And then, you know, uh, once you get going, you have a good story, a good script. Uh, I um, am very picky when it comes to uh, finding the right artist. I feel like this is a, a huge choice, um, you know, and I've been very fortunate. But I've also been really inspired by other creators like, um, creator-owned creators like Rick Remender, who oh, seem yeah. to constantly work with amazing artists. I can't think of an artist he's worked with that is not incredible and also perfectly suited for the series. And so I just I, I find myself to be extremely picky when it comes to looking for an artist that is right for for the series, looking for for good artists. Um, in terms of sales numbers, I mean, if you have a good concept and you have uh, a, a good artist. That's a huge chunk of it right there. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt to, um, to just hustle your ass off to, uh, tell everybody you can about your comic. And, uh, you know, one thing that I realize now coming up into my fourth year, you know, the building a career in comics allows you to make this job easier of sharing the news. You know, when I first started Eclipse, I didn't know anybody. And I had to, I called 500 shops to wow. tell them. Someone told me, call, you call shops. And I didn't know anybody. And so I didn't have, I mean, this, I went all in on it. I just called shop after shop after shop for a week and said, hey, I've got a comic coming out from Image and here's the name. And, uh, you know, can I email you more about it and how can I help you sell it? Um, and, you know, now I have those emails and I, and now I have some relationships. And then you have relationships with comic pros that you meet. Um, from going to conventions for years and pros that will help help you help uh, share the news about your new series and and you develop relationships with reviewers and journalists and and everyone. So it becomes easier, albeit there's still constantly a tremendous amount of work and you just have to put in the work. Um, you know, it, it, you just have to to be humble and um, very outgoing about about sharing your stories. I think that third part is really kind of your uh, your superpower. I've met a lot of creators and in, in the business, and uh, that's the hardest part is uh, making those calls and speak and reaching out and marketing and being at the cons. And uh, you do that so well. It, it seems like it comes from a genuine place. I never felt like uh, you know that that you were putting on a show. I always felt like this no, is I, this is yeah. Zach. Yeah, I mean, um, some people I knew from writing film and TV. So, so are you are you going to continue to write? film and TV specs, I could, no, I, I, I love writing comics. I mean, I've always wanted to do this, 
but I did not know how fulfilling it was going to be. And um, one of the most fulfilling things is interacting with people. You know, you don't get to do that. Even if you make a successful uh, TV show or something, you know, you're a writer on on something. You you If you're a writer on Game of Thrones, let's say you're a mid-level writer on Game of Thrones, you don't. No one, you don't interact with fans about that stuff. That's George R. R. Martin's job and D.B. Weiss and David Benhoff, you know. But here in comics, you can go to a convention and you can have a fan come up and say, I love your story. I just find it so exhilarating. So, yeah, it does, absolutely comes from a genuine place. I love interacting with people about comics. I love talking to other pros about their comics, reading comics, talking about the craft, talking about great stories, and, and talking to fans about my stuff. So, um, that helps. <laughs> yes. That helps. Yeah. If you're ever at a con and you see that, that Zach Kaplan is there yeah. guys, go up to him, talk to him, get an autographed copy of his comics and have a little chit chat with him. He is a lover of the medium and he'll prove it to you. And that's, that's uh, why, Hey, the, these few years, uh, I've been just blessed enough to meet you and talk to you. And, uh, I'm glad we're, we're staying in touch. Here we are 2020. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and I've got littered in front of me. I have a bunch of your comics and, uh, I have, thank you for autographing them and sending them to me or, and, and, and I, I, I hold them very dear. And, uh, I got to tell you, uh, join the future issue number one, which you're, thank you for sending it to me. And I was able to read it in advance. It comes out March 4th, everybody from aftershock comics. And, uh, and also on the, on the weird side of note of things, my job at Aftershock, I'm going to be reaching out to maybe not as many as uh, the comics you called, 500 uh, shops that you've called, but uh, a ton of them, and uh, I'll be out there spreading the word. And it's so delightful and so pleasing to me that I can truly share my experience and share a comic like Join the Future that I genuinely enjoy. It's like I don't want to go out there and try to sell people a Pontiac when I'm, you know, and I, and I don't care for them, right? I just want to... I want it to come from a real place as you do from some of your concepts and your stories They come from a place of love. So join the future is one of those like, ah, sigh of relief. So I'm like, thank you. I love this. It's fantastic. March 4th. I mean, what can you tell us about join the future? Well, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it's a sci-fi Western. It takes place maybe 50 years in the future. It, right here in America, it is a, a very grounded sci-fi story, and it looks at an ongoing trend that, that is going on right here and now about people slowly leaving small towns in rural Americas to move to more metropolitan areas. So in the future, mega cities have cropped up with everything from vertical farms to robotic safety, and um, they've got universal health care and universal basic, basic incomes, and they give you housing and jobs and whatever you want. It's just a technologically uh, advanced and, and wonderful utopic kind of society. And how could you not want to join? And uh, there are a few people who don't, who still live in the countryside in small towns, who still hold on to their traditions and values. And they like to build their own furniture and grow their own food and do things by themselves. And, and they don't want to join the future. And uh, the story really looks at the clash between those two. The, the main character is the, the mayor's daughter of one of these small towns. This town is getting pressured to have all of the people sign on up and join the nearby mega city, and they don't want to, and uh, trouble unfolds. And uh, it's a, her coming-of-age story in, um, in this kind of uh, mix of science fiction and, and, and Western. 
that's the, the that's the key po- po- thing I wrote down when I read issue number one. It's like it's bringing together like a high definition sci-fi film yeah. <laughs> and a low definition western film, like at the yes. same time. <laughs> yes, that's good. Uh, those are good um, points about it because yeah, the science fiction is very high definition and very. Um, you know, glossy and and yes. and pure, and um, the western is is very kind of um, simple and 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 grounded. This you know, this is not wild wild west. There's nothing steampunk <laughs> here. This is, and I had a hard time finding other touchstones in film and TV and comics that look at a sci-fi western in this way because I wanted to tell something that felt genuine to the future. Like, oh yeah, this this you know this could be this very much could be uh what happens i really like to capture that reaction from people in my comics where they where i'm asking you to both suspend your disbelief give me for a minute that the sun has turned deadly or that aliens have come in a business deal or that they're <laughs> mythic city under new york come with me on one jump and then i will promise you that everything will seem very uh authentic and believable and um so that's what i like to do here and and yeah you're absolutely right it's high it's high def sci-fi with the low def western well the authentic believable you hit right off from the opening sequence i don't i'm not going to go spoilers folks so don't worry i'm i'm a spoiler sensitive person myself but the opening sequence of this gorgeous like you said polished shiny hopeful futuristic utopia but at the same time you feel this twinge of man it's just all too good to be trueness, like what's underneath it all. And it's hard to compare anything in the modern media to what this is because you've got a unique twist and it's unique yeah. storytelling. But I was, believe it or not, like Wally was rolling around in my head. Like this oh, is sure. the, the prequel to Wally, or this has a Serenity Firefly kind of kind of taste feel to it. And uh, where does where does where does that come from? Where does that that bit of the way you're viewing the future and uh, kind of the rug that's going to be pulled out from underneath? Where does that come from from you? From the 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 style of show, the way in which the future, we're depicting the future, or you're, no, or, that bit of storytelling where you're you know you've got this uh, this strong bit of utopian future, but yet uh you know like there's it feels like the rug, and I'm not trying to spoil is is going to be pulled out from that beautiful utopian. Future. I mean, I want to join when it, immediately it's selling it right. I'm like, sign me up. This looks great. Yeah, I really <laughs> love stories that pit the individual against society, and uh, I really. Um, I did, just when I think about stories in, in any medium, those stories, I always gravitate towards them. And um, yeah, this dichotomy between the mega city and the small town, it, it feels like a, a David versus, versus Goliath kind of how can the small town compete? And, um, you know, what was interesting is I remember having early conversations in the development. I, you know, I can't remember if it was with Aftershock or with just friends pitching this story. But that that the nothing insidious or dystopian needed to be. We didn't need to see the mustached uh, corporate CEO twirling his fingers in the city. The the very dichotomy of this city that will give you anything, everything you could ever want. All they ask is that you completely immerse yourself in this particular way of life, juxtaposed with how beautiful and simple the small town lifestyle is you realize the dichotomy and the dichotomy makes the city dystopian. And not to mention the fact that then we discover that all of these megacities are in a 
population war over who can have more economic power. And so they're sending agents out to the countryside to try to buy up these small small town folk and make them come. And this kind of pressure and seduction to join, to embrace the future, to give up these values that, that seem to have um, value, um, it, it just it just uh, makes it a very one-sided kind of fight. I just think it, it, as someone who feels the future is unfolding so fast right before our very eyes and we're just kind of caught up in the latest smartphone and the latest social media app, um, you know, it's changing us and it makes me uh, think about how fast that's happening and and, uh, and the role of the individual in it all. So it just kind of, it's all different themes and thoughts that I think of on a regular basis. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, I think that, um, that, 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 that hits it right there for me because all of your stories, all four titles for you, uh, for me, they, they are always the, the most frightening part about it is that they are all very reachable. They're all very, uh, it seems like there were our society, the metaphorical reflection that we're just a couple of, of iPhone iOS updates away from sort of the, the view you have on the future and especially enjoying the future. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, thank you for tapping upon that. Cause I, 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 do you sprinkle yourself? Is your, is, is Zach in here in places of, of any of these more than the other, or even join the future? Are you putting yourself in little, or at least your little parts of your personality, parts of your being, parts of your past? Yeah. Join the future, um, follows, uh, the mayor who's, um, a father to two, uh, children. His children are grown up. My, my young children are, are still very young, but, um, I think that I wrote this particular series years ago, I wouldn't have had the same perspective I do now as a father. Um, and I found writing the father imparting advice to his children and trying to ask the way he lives his life as a reflection of his advice to them. And that, that was very personal to me. And I think just, um, it's hard to see children growing up as the future is moving so fast and you want them to try to hold on to the traditions and ideals and values that, that you believe are important, but God knows what they'll be up against once they take on the world by themselves and what the world will even be 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And so, um, you know, it was a very personal, uh, one to me. I mean, the, the, the protagonist is a, a teenage girl. My daughter is only five, but I could not help but think of the main character not as myself, but as my daughter. Um, you know, so it, it yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, I like that. It it's, it's you know it does it has this twinge of like I feel like it's a little personal. Um, you know, with uh, the main character, the mayor as well. It just seems like a, I don't know. I, I I sort of felt your presence when I read this one. Maybe it's because this is the fourth piece of your wonderful body of work. Uh, that I've read from you. So uh, hats Thank off, you. man. I really, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. I, it was a quick read. I was like, give me more immediately. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm reading this ahead of time. It's not even out yet. <laughs> so I was super pumped. I'm very excited for, for you and uh, to get more. And once readers get the first issue, I mean, the first issue, it's gorgeous. Uh, I have, you know, I mentioned that I was so picky about uh, art teams. Uh, and I'm so excited that I got to work with Peter Kowalski and Brad Simpson. They are I, I, unbelievable. The artwork is, is impeccable. I, I think it's going to be one of the best looking books of the year. Um, Hassan, uh, does amazing work with the, the letters. It just, everything comes together so seamlessly. Um, but 
I think the issue one is all about immersing the readers in this world and letting them see the dichotomy and, and understand the concept and meet um, Clem, uh, Clementine Libby, our, our hero. But then issue two really takes it up a notch. And so, and I think the series for me maybe has more heart than any other series I've written. Um, so oh, wow. I think that's what I'm most excited for for readers as as they get to know this series is to, to fall in love with Clementine Libby and to really um, to really see how much heart this series has in, in all of its world building and and um, and theme and everything. It's really it's really driven by her and um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. Awesome! I can't wait. If you want to email me issue number two, I swear I won't uh, it won't be shared anywhere. <laughs> I swear because <laughs> I'm like advanced one absolutely. I'm ready to go, and I, I yeah with uh, I read all the aftershock comics, especially, uh, and this is one of the most beautiful polished issues. I mean the the art from uh, from Piotr Kowalski, fantastic. I mean, yeah. uh, you handpick him? Did you were like that's the guy I want? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we they we were going over lists for a long time. I I actually um, went months trying to find the right artist, and and uh, then I saw the work he was doing on Bloodborne. And the level of detail and the level of atmosphere that he was putting into it, and it was so cinematic, and I and 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 it had such a scale and an epicness and a grandness to it. And I said, this is the. And then he would also capture nature in a very heartwarming and touching way. And I said, this is the guy. And I reached out to him and I said, you know, you're unbelievable, and I want to work with you, and I have this idea, and here it is. And he went for it, and that was it. Um, yeah. He brought and I I. I I wanted Brad, so when I said, "What colorist do you want?" and he said, "Brad," I was like, a thousand times yes, because it was them as a team, and 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 you know, go online and and look on Twitter at how amazing. I think they just posted something where the Peter's inks, and then Brad's colors, and it, it, Peter's amazing, and then Brad just takes it a thousand times over. For all of for all of you who wonder how valuable a colorist is oh. go look at what brad simpson is doing it is it is unreal so um yeah I, I i was very picky with them and very happy that i got them well you mentioned it before zach synergy and uh, i'm feeling it here man i'm feeling it thank you <laughs> but uh yeah any other little uh any other little teases uh without spoilery and to uh join the future issue number two when's the expected uh release date for that it's gonna be april i guess it would be april yeah it's um it would just be months, months to months for the for the five issues. Okay. Um, awesome. No, I think you know. I, I just uh, pick up issue one and then know that issue two will give you uh, more Clementine and more heart and more of this great world. I, I mean, if we don't have you by issue one, then thanks for visiting because. Uh, um, <laughs> I think yeah, you're, you're gonna miss out and fine. We don't need you, but yeah, no. If if you, uh, how if, could you not want to join us? It's a uh, it's an alluring and wonderful future. Um, I so. love the stakes that you've established. Uh, people aren't safe. There's some uh, there's some things that happens. The characters were invested in already yeah. early on. I'm not gonna spoil, but yeah, man, uh, yeah, you set the set the tone quickly with uh, there are stakes in this. Oh yeah, it, it it gets real very fast at the end of issue one and. Um, um, yeah, P pick it up, check it out. And, um, I, I think you'll be, you'll be hooked. You've um, sharpened those cliffhanger skills, man, over the years of the few years, four year run. I can't believe it's that short, but you've definitely been sharpening your, uh, your cliffhanger ability. Well, you know, it's, well, it's funny that you should say that I've, I've really learned to understand too, um, what makes a good first issue and what makes a good 
uh, hopefully second issue and arc and understand the nuance of, of, of each of these. I mean, Eclipse, I was feeling my way through. Port of Earth, I understood a little more, but Port of Earth was challenging because I was doing some very unique devices with the kind of uh, cameras following them and the news interview coverage interspersed. And it was a much more um, de-dramatized kind of story. You weren't with the characters 100%. Lost City Explorers was a chance to, to kind of um, do a mini series because that was only five issues. Um, so Join the Future was, um, I had had my, I had a chance to really understand the craft more, not to mention I've been reading it a lot more creator owned in the past four years with a better understanding of it all. So um, I'm trying to, uh, I've been, I've been paying a lot of attention to what makes a good first issue. So hopefully, hopefully uh, fans and readers out there uh, feel that this is uh, a rewarding uh, first issue. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. A seal of approval here from Sunspots Comics, folks. Uh, Join the future issue number one created by Mr. Zach Kaplan. Thank you so much for coming on, Zach. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank and I'll you. be watching the mailbox for my autograph copies and all that. Uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll get you at a convention or something. You, we must be going to one of the same conventions soon enough where I can of get course. You sign something for you. I'll come out there and say hello, as I always do. Well, thank you, Zach. Have a great rest of your day. I appreciate it. Check thank out you, uh, comic book shop owners, uh, readers. There's still time. March 4th for the issue number one of Join the Future from Aftershock Comics. Check it out. Thanks, Zach. Have a great day. Thank you. Take care now. Wow, there you have it. Thank you again, Mr. Zach Kaplan. What a fantastic interview. I really hope you enjoyed it because I sure as heck did. And thank you. Make sure you follow him at Zach Caps. That's Z-A-C-K-K-A-P-S. So thank you, Mr. Zach Kaplan. I'm going to be watching you intently uh, as his career goes on. His journey into comics has been fantastic. And uh, tune in very soon. There's going to be another podcast I'm going to be posting very soon with another interview with another comic book creator named Frank Gogol, G-O-G-O-L. Please follow him at Frank, G-O-G-O-L. And fantastic creator. He's been in the comic book business for four years. He's done four comics with Source Point Press. So check it out. I'm going to be posting that very, very soon. So tune in to the Sunspots Comics podcast. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to help us out and donate a little bit here to the Sunspots Comics podcast, go to sunspotscomics.com support. Any amount, any donation amount is appreciated. It really just helps us keep the lights on. So thank you. And again, that's sunspotscomics.com support. So have yourself a fantastic day. I'll talk to you very, very soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends The adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now